Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. That's a good job by the NFL and Nickelodeon. Next year on Peacock, Chris Sims, Ahmed Farid with the Kid Broadcast. Okay. Go. I don't right. know if I'm kid material. I'm, I'm a little dangerous for <laughs> that kids. That is true. That's a yeah. good point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, yo, what's up? It's Chris Sims Unbuttoned. Ahmed Farid's here. Yes, once again, another point, another little clip of evidence of you trying to add more work to my life. Yes. Man, when you start paying me, then maybe I'll start listening to your orders. Until then, I don't know. I thought you would think that's fun, but you're right. That was the wrong casting, right? Like Chris Sims for a kid's broadcast? What am I thinking? Well, if you want... Chris Sims makes your kids grow up faster than normal <laughs> broadcast, then, then, then I think I'm right. Yeah. I'm the right man. Uh, although Peacock's looking for always, you know, new content, yes. something new on Peacock, and so I'm just trying to give ideas for the company here. I would love that. If we could do a raw broadcast and that, I could yeah, speak freely right. and use curse words. Although this is what I've noticed. We do do air the show on Peacock. You've cleaned it up a little bit over the last few times I've been on. I, I don't know why, because it's like digital. I should be able to just be dirtier, really, I exactly. would think, right? There's no FCC regulations here. When you go on the Internet, anything goes, right? right? It's and the Wild West. That's pretty much what I've learned over the last year, at least. Like, technically, we can't show highlights of the NFL, you know, yes. on digital, but I say we do it anyway. And we just, and if we get in trouble, just say, hey, Pete and Kristen, Allowed it to happen. NBC bosses. And that was responsible. for Reed. It was not me. I don't know what uh, he's talking about. <laughs> because there were a lot of good plays that happened over the last couple of days. And that's a great transition there. And I'm buying time as Chris. Yeah, I don't know what just ear. happened. My earpiece got stuck there. There we go. We're see? good. Okay. We're good. If you're watching on TV, you got to see Chris struggle with his earpiece right there. Yes. Um, four really good games. Four really good games. I, I enjoyed watching them. Like ours on NBC, Bills, Ravens, great matchup. I don't think the game necessarily lived up sure. to, to the billing, but it was still interesting to see those two quarterbacks play and how the defenses stepped up and how the Bills defense stepped up. And so I was pleased with all four of the games. Every game had something to deliver. Yeah. No doubt about that. I mean, you're right. The thing that stunk about our game on, on Saturday night, the matchup, the game, it was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. I know it got to 17-13. I still was going, okay, yeah, I don't think Baltimore is going to come back and win the game, but I didn't think it was like – ridiculous it's just yeah. two touchdowns we saw them come back from 10 nothing last week it just stunk in that one you know he throws the pick six it's 17-3 two plays later snap over his head concussion and then you knew it was over so that really stunk from that yeah. aspect but man everything else we got a lot to talk about okay. here. okay so let's get right into the four games yep. we'll start with the most recent game 
Just finished up uh, a few hours before Chris had to go to bed and then get up for Pro Football Talk with Mike Florio. The Buccaneers have done it. Tom Brady has done it again. They beat Drew Brees and the Saints 30-20 to is the final score. And here's the sights after uh, the game. I don't know if you saw this I did not. Uh, on social media. Oh, it's uh, Tom yeah. Brady. It's Drew Brees there with a bro hug and then an actual hug. That's yeah. more than That's a friend hug right there. That's a family hug. Uh, Drew Brees' family on the field after the game. I love the kid. He's like, Tom, throw me one. And he does. Look yes. at that. Nice throw, too. To one of Brees' uh, uh, children. And his daughter there is body slamming and kneeing. <laughs> One of his sons. I mean, she is actually very... She, like, literally is going in on him. You're like, right. We might need to press charges after all that. <laughs> uh, so it seems like Drew Brees' career is done. I mean, he's made that pretty clear. Jay Glazer was reporting that as well. He goes out with one of his worst games in the playoff in, in yeah. his, his career. Right. Uh, Tom Brady moves on. Uh, I, I don't want to make this... Uh, you know, it's it, the cool story is Tom Brady, yeah. right? It's, uh, he goes to a new team. He it's takes like same old the results. Com- it's like right. same old result right. here. Right. Um, but for me, it's like this wasn't about Tom Brady. This wasn't about the offense. certainly wasn't about the passing game. It was about the defense of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tell me if I'm wrong. No. I mean, the defense steps up, creates the turnovers. Right. But outside of the turnovers, I feel like they, they had the Saints on the ropes at times throughout this. Yeah, game. no, I, I agreed. I, I mean, li- listen, first off, I wanted to want to comment on that video. That was really cool. Yes. I mean, these are two top-notch individuals. Uh, I can speak to that just by knowing them, being around them before in my life. That, that was really cool. Like, amazing by Brady. Yes. I mean, to go out there and have catch with the other kid and do all that. It's one thing to go over and just say, hey, you know, it was great seeing you. Oh, hey, Mrs. Breeze, blah, blah, blah. Good luck to you guys. I'm out of here. To sit there and then be like, you know, then be like, hey, Mr. Brady, throw me a pass. And he's throwing. Like, that was really yeah. cool. Really cool. Um, and he's old, so he was probably tired. Too. <laughs> yeah, so I would like, think wow. he's tired. But he's, he still looks young by the way still. he's playing. He, he definitely <laughs> yes. is. But uh, Amen, yes. yeah, you're exactly right. To me, yes, we're going to talk about Brady. It's amazing what he's doing. 14th, you know, conference championship. You know, wherever he goes, he wins. He's clutch, whatever. I know all of that. You're right. But to me, the story of that game is the defense, one, the turnovers they created, to, to your point, and then two, you know, the, the plan of attack by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. i got to give them a lot of credit. I mean, first off, we knew that running the ball was important. I didn't think they were going to go that steadfast. They were stubborn with it, and they really stuck with it. And I give that's where I really give Bruce Arians a lot of credit, Ahmed, because it's a guy that's famous for his down-the-field passing attack. Yep. And they basically played a game where they said, to a point at one point in the game where you're sitting there going, man, are they going to continue to be this conservative? They're not going to win the game if they're this conservative. Are they really going to keep running the ball like this? I mean, that's what I was saying to myself at one point. And, but I think they felt like, they were willing to go, we're going to play this style of game because we think it's our greatest chance to win the game. The Saints beat people with their, their pressure on the quarterback, fought, forcing the quarterback to throw into crazy coverages downfield or you know a crazy blitz that sneaks up on the quarterback and forces a strip sack foam. That's what they've done to people all year long. That's what they did to Tampa in the two times they beat them. I think Tampa came away and said, okay, let's take that aspect away. Mm-hmm. And let's just keep this into a one-score game late in the fourth quarter, and our quarterback's Tom Brady, and we got like our yeah. chance. And they kind of stood with that. Now it didn't come to that, but they played that way, and I really give them a lot of respect for, you know, their diligence and sticking with that game plan. Yeah, Pete just got in my ear and said that the Bucks ran five times the last time they played. 
35 times in this game. Even with Ronald Jones, who was who I, I give him a lot of credit yes. out there. He had a bad quad. Right. He was still able to rip off 62 yards on 13 carries. Fournette with 63 yards. Yeah, a concerted effort to, to run the ball, um, to limit um, the time that the Saints had the ball here. This is a question from yeah. the step back 512, and it goes along what, what we were just talking about right. here. Uh, was the Bucks' improved defensive performance this week more of a result of the Saints' offensive limitations with Drew Brees at quarterback or their own improvement? What adjustments did they make compared to the first two meetings? And what I would say is it's, it's my only song. Todd Bowles in this house. There's some bowls in this house. There's some bowls in this house. <laughs> yes. Right? I, Todd Bowles. <laughs> yes. A defense. Much, uh, yeah, certified freak. Yeah, uh, seven much, days a week. Much maligned here in the second half of the season. You know, right. I think there were times where we were like, wow, the Bucks defense is not who we thought they were. We thought right. they were better. They're sure. just not that good. Um, I, I feel like whatever they did, whatever Todd Bowles did here, worked. Did you identify exactly what that was? I think after the first drive or two and they got a feel for what the Saints were doing, listen, this is going to be a common theme. This is, we, we got to go down this road a little bit. They, they basically just said, well, we got to get in their face. What are we scared of? What, what are we scared of? Why would we be playing soft zone coverages and just play into the hands of Drew Brees and company and let him throw four and five yard passes in between our zone coverage and just dissect us that way? That's what they did the first two times. You know, the last time they played, once they got down big, they changed up their plan of attack and played a little bit like they did yesterday. But it was too late. The game was blown out. But I'm sure they, when they looked back at that film, they went, you know what, why? Why did we play these soft zones? What were we protecting against? This is not Mahomes and Tyree Kill. You know, this is Drew Brees, who right now at this point of his career is famous for not being able to throw the ball. So I think the big thing was, Ahmed, more than anything, is just the aggressive nature of the Tampa Bay defense. That's, that's really what we saw. You know, the interception, okay, the first one. Tight man-to-man coverage on Michael Thomas, right? They weren't going to let him throw a four-yard route out into the flat where it's zone. And so there's that interception. You know, the, the, um, there was a few other bang-bang plays, of course, into tight coverage. The other interception, more of a zone coverage, but then it still breezes an ability to back people off. That kind of yeah. caused that too. So I guess that's what I'm trying to say. It's just the defense itself, they knew they had to do something different from the first two times around. And I think the biggest difference just from watching the game and quickly watching film here yeah. this morning was just an aggressive, in-your-face attack by the Bucks because they realized who they're playing against. All right. The reason I like this podcast yeah. is we dive into this stuff. You look at the film. Yeah. Let's dive a little bit deeper into one of those interceptions for Drew Brees. It's our film deep dive brought to you by Applebee's. Addy M27 says, can you walk us through the Brees interception when Camaro was running straight? I don't know whose fault that was. We want to blame someone. Yeah. We always want to blame someone. Sure. I want to know who messed up. Right. Well, yeah, one. but well, I'll say, like, you know, um, uh, Troy Aikman tries to protect quarterbacks, and his and he doesn't always just call yeah. it like it is uh, that way. He's he's uh, very. Because once you're a quarterback, you're in the. He's club. very diplomatic that way. Yeah. Listen, this was totally Drew Brees' fault if okay. we break this down, and I'm not trying to blame or you know. This well, just, yeah, you are. You're trying well, to blame. I, him. Yeah. I'm blaming him. Yeah, <laughs> it's all right. He's making twenty five million true, dollars a year, true. and yes. it's true. 
This play specifically that you saw here, Alvin Kamara running up the scene, you've seen it before in the NFL. You saw it a few years ago. Andy Reid invented it. Kareem Hunt running up the scene against the New England Patriots on the opening Sunday of football a few years ago. Everybody runs this play now, right? So it's the three verticals play. You see Kansas City run this play all week. Tyree Kill runs the inside guy. They got everybody going straight. So they're doing it right now out of the shotgun. Kamara is in the backfield right next to Breeze, all right? You're going to see Cook release inside and kind of run a post-go route. And then the 82 runs the outside go route, and Kamara is going to run right up the middle to be the seam route. Mm -hmm. Now, go back one more time, Pete, as we break this down, just to where before he throws the ball. I can stop it right there if we can. First off, the protection's perfect. Right? You can see it's a four-man rush. They got everybody blocked up. There's, nothing, there's no issue there. The play is for the – and against this look and this defense, the play is for these three verticals on the right-hand side. I don't know why Drew Brees throws this ball so quickly. This is a seam route, a seam route, which is somewhat of like a go route. I've never seen a seam route really at any point unless it's a blitz and a hot where you're supposed to be throwing it and completing it at nine yards. There's no such thing. If he lets Alvin Kamara run here and drives and hits him with the ball around the other team's 45-yard line, he's going to score a touchdown maybe. Mm. It's going to be a foot race between him and Carlton Davis. I don't know what led to him to throwing the ball that way. Alvin Kamara, was not, he's not turning around thinking, wait, on a go route I need to look at eight yards and think I'm – he's not thinking that. He's thinking, I've caught this ball in practice all week around 19 to 22 yards down the field. That's how it's taught. That's how Sean Payton teaches it. That's how John Greenan teaches it. I don't know why Drew Brees threw it that way. I don't. But, again, that's sometimes where, you know, we talk about lack of arm strength, some of the issues yeah. with Drew Brees. And, see, when you're not throwing the ball well or you don't trust the way you're going to throw it, it affects decisions. And that's what you, you – you, I can point to things like that all over football during the year. But I don't know what led him to want to throw that ball quickly. If he just lets it develop, he's got a really good chance at a completion and a big play down the field – but as we know, it was intercepted, and really the game was never the same after that. It was kind of over after that. Yeah, and Devin White with the, I thought Devin White looked really good right. in this game. Yeah. Uh, he had 11 tackles, an interception, had that fumble recovery it was as amazing. well. He was all over the field. The and best was, defensive player in the field yesterday. It looked like it, yes, right? There was one was. play early where Elvin Kamara, I think he caught it like three yards short of the first down mark, and I was like, oh, he's going to get the first down. He's going to get the first down, down and he and just Devin tackled Devin White him right was there, there in a flash. I know. It was just like, wow, in a strong tackle, and yes. he was like two, ended up two yards short. Right. And it was like from that point forward, I was like, man, he's having a good game. And that was before the fumble recovery and the interception. Right. So Devin White was a star there. He was the star of our film deep dive brought to you by Applebee's. That is, you know what that is? That's good stuff. That's professional hosting that right is. there. You know, like you did well with your part of it, yeah, bringing down the you. film. Yeah. But to get the end, and then Kristen no. hit it. At right. The, yeah, I was uh, professional. You, you were to... Mahomes. I was just Chad Henney there. That was the way to go. Kristen, do you have the – do you have – oh, no, we don't Wait, have the shirt on. Wait, other that. thing is oh, – hold on. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, no, go ahead. What were you going to say? What was our first Twitter question, the first one you asked me? Because I feel uh, like there was a part I didn't answer there. About I, the uh, Saints' offensive limitations with Drew Brees or okay, defensive improvements. Guess, you, yeah. you covered that. It all. Okay, Here's what good. I want to know. Yeah. Yeah, a little critical, uh, and you have been of Drew Brees and the arm strength, and we all can see it, right? Yeah. It seemed like maybe it was getting better as the year went on. They right. were able to stretch the field a little right. bit more, but clearly could not in this game. If the quarterbacks are switched – in this game, if Tom Brady, who didn't didn't have that great of a game, you know, 18 completions, 199 yards. Right. If the quarterbacks are switched, does 
do the Saints win this game? Yeah. Yeah. I, you, well, you, you have very little doubt. Very little doubt. I, I don't. Um, I, I have great respect for Drew Brees and, of course, Tom Brady. To, to compare those two right now is not fair to Tom Brady. Tom Brady is still playing at an unbelievably high level. And the game does not have to be called or the game plan changed in any way for him other than if you want him to throw the ball down the field, you got to protect him, right? He's not going to stand there and take shots. That's not the same for the other guy. The other guy, Drew in New Orleans, the offense, the plan of attack is being changed a little bit because there's things he can't do. And they can't call certain plays, and they got to call in certain situations different plays because they don't know what they're going to quite get. And, you know, Ahmed, to your point here and everything we're talking about, here's the spray chart. There's, there's not one pass yeah. over 20 yards. It's too hard in the NFL to win that way, let alone in the playoffs against playoff defenses win that way. And that's why we've seen the Saints the last three years lose in playoff games where they're the better team on the field, but they can't create a big play or anything like that to take the pressure off of their team. And it's just too hard to consistently right now go – you know, 12 plays, 80 yards in the playoffs, five yards at a time. Listen, Aaron Rodgers and the Buccaneers and Mahomes, they can do it. But they can do it. Why? Because everybody's worried about them throwing deep. So the, the short passes are wide open. It's easy for them to do it. Nobody's playing that kind of defense against the Saints. They're going, the hell with the deep defenses. Let's just stop the short pass. And yet they're still trying to throw it short. So it's hard to do that, if that makes sense, yeah. in that little synopsis there. What a great career for Drew Brees. Amazing. I think overachieved in a lot of respects, right, right? with his size. And, and he, his arm strength is better back when in his yeah, prime. It's, but still it's, not like he ever had a rocket arm. Exactly. You know? And so they, he's produced very well. Now you kind of see the changing of the guard with the Saints. Um, they did bring in Jameis Winston yes. for that trick play. Yep. They stole from the Bears. Well, that, how cool is that? Maggie. That's really cool. The Sean Payton's like... I bet you the one thing they won't be expecting is the play that almost screwed us last week. Exactly. I mean, that is, that's kind of genius right there. A guy that is called an offensive genius and has, you know, the wherewithal to say, I can still steal plays from other people. It doesn't need to be mine. He's a king. He loves stealing plays. I, I, I know that, and he's, he brags about it at times. He what doesn't happened? care. What, what did the Bucks do on this play? If you're watching on YouTube, you well, just saw Well, I think it was a little bit of the – you know, wait, it's just total confusion of, wait, Alvin Kamara, it's the reverse, the guy covering uh, um, the damn receiver, Traquan uh, Smith, Smith yeah. right? He just ends up looking in the backfield and following the ball instead of playing man-to-man coverage the way he should be. And, you know, I'll bring up a thing, too. Pete Dimolaitis asked before we start, because Pete Dimolaitis said his wife, who went to my high school, very intelligent, mm-hmm. she observed, Right. That she was like, well, why did they need Jameis Winston in for that play and not just leave Drew Brees? But maybe if you see Drew Brees there and the ball starting to toss to him, you're thinking more pass maybe. I don't know. I I mean, Drew Brees we know is not famous for throwing the ball deep. Not that that was that deep of a throw. I think he certainly could have still made that throw. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what – or was it just a total like, hey, fuck you, Tampa Bay. Here's a touchdown pass from Jameis Winston. (laughs) Up yours. I don't know. What do you think? Real quick on the Saints here because – I mean, it's going to be a different, you know, no Drew Brees, it looks like. You know, mm-hmm. and it's not official yet, but right. it looks like that's what's happening. 
Uh, you have Jameis Winston on the roster. You have Taysom Hill on the roster. You have salary cap issues galore. I don't know if they're going to have to hit a reset or what they're going to do in They're going to have to do some shuffling. What's your gut telling you? You think Jameis is the guy moving forward? Uh, Taysom. I think it's Taysom. You do? I think it is Taysom. I wouldn't be shocked, though, if they pay Jameis high-level backup money to stay. Hmm. Taysom's been hurt a lot recently. You're going to run him with those wildcat-type plays and stuff like that? Well, I could tell you he's going to get a banged-up knee or a concussion next year, too, so you better have a good backup. So that could be a very real possibility. I don't think Jameis Winston's done enough to be able to – no one out there is going to go, we need him as a starter. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's get him back. You know, it wasn't like a Teddy Bridgewater thing, right? So I would imagine it is Taysom Hill with Jameis Winston being basically 1B yeah. as the backup quarterback and ready to go. But I just think there's too much of a, an intrigue and a love affair between Sean Payton and Taysom Hill, and I think he wants to run that kind of offense a little bit. And uh, I expect it, you know, to go there when all said and done. But like you said, amazing career by Drew Brees. Yes. It really is. And he's more physically talented than we all give him credit for, even in his prime. He was a phenomenal athlete. Yeah, his arm wasn't Mahomes or Rodgers, but it was still a damn good arm. And, uh, yeah, if that was his last game, it, it stinks that it, it ended in that fashion. You know, and, and last thing, too. Um, yeah. Still, with all these things we're saying, it's 20 to 13. They're playing man-to-man, aggressive in your face. It's third and short. They throw a freaking slant route, the perfect play call for that coverage to Jared Cook, and Antoine Winfield makes the play of the game to strip him. That was the play of the game because to that point, they had yet to force Tampa into, okay, now Brady, you're going to have to drop back and throw, and we're going to be able to get our pass rush and our crazy coverages and now we can make the game we wanted. To that yeah. point, they had, and if they just get a field goal there and go 23 to 13 or 27 to 13, yeah. they're definitely going to force now Tampa to go, we can't go Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. We're going to have to pass block these guys. You know, Brady, you're going to have to get uncomfortable, and they're going to do some crazy coverages. And that was, to me, the play of the game. A rookie safety out of Minnesota. Yeah. Chris Sims, top safety in the draft oh last year. And Tom Winfield. You're setting the table for me because you, you know what we have to give you for that? Yeah. Kristen, get ready. We got to give you a victory lap. Thank you. For Antoine Winfield. Victory! We have to. Victory. Victory is mine. Victory! Fire Howie Roseman 2021 on Twitter said, remember when Chris said Winfield was the best safety in the class. Perhaps, uh, yeah, perhaps uh, he could draft for us. So he wants you to go to New York okay. and, uh, and draft uh, for them. Or, um, for, for the Eagles. For Philadelphia. Right. He wants Howie fired, right? Exactly. Right. Fire he Howie wants Roseman. me to take over Howie's job. You had Winfield one, you had Xavier McKinney two, right. Blackman three, Kyle right. Duggar four. Mm. Uh, Ashton Davis, you had five oh, there. Yep. But, you know, we could also give you a I victory. messed up on my only one I messed up. I like that list there. I, yes. The kid from uh, Carolina who I'm um, – what's his name, Pete? Uh, Jeremy Chin. I should have had him oh. in the t- – he, he would be the one where if you go, where would you mess up there? I go, ah, Jeremy Chin probably should have been third or fourth in that list there. Before we put a button on this one, you could also get maybe a victory lap. Uh, on Michael Thomas. You know, he was injured this year for sure, and so you almost got to throw that out. But he didn't have a catch in this game. 77 career games, including the playoffs. This was his first without a catch. And Ed Boy 24 says Chris deserves a victory lap for telling people uh, last year 
that Michael Thomas was not the number one wide receiver. No, so you I, finally get a victory. You'll, ne you'll never hear me say that. He's not, at no point has he ever been the best receiver in football. Statistically, yes. But as you see yesterday in a little of those things. Yeah, what happened? How did he not well, get a catch? It's 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 scheme related sometimes. It's not he's a really good football player, but he's a great piece in an offense where he fits perfectly as that piece and he's really good within that, you know, realm of what he's asked to do. But again, I, I'll say this again. If you put him in Seattle and ask them to be like, oh, you got to do DK Metcalf stuff, we wouldn't know Michael Thomas as we know Michael Thomas. Or if you put Ty him in Tyree Kill's spot in Kansas City and just said, no, we, we don't run four-yard you know, routes and pick for you and find 75 ways to throw it to you six yards, you know, no, we just run, and you got to run to that spot and beat that guy. And you got to run to that spot and make it right and beat that guy. And that's not what he can do all the time. And yeah. that's why – you know, they played aggressive in their face because, one, they went, there's no receiver here that's scary that's going to run by us. Two, there's a quarterback that can't throw the ball that deep. And three, man, do you have an unbelievable quick drop-back pass game that can just pick apart zones. So why would we do that? And you know what? What happened? They got two interceptions and a strip because they played a different style of football. Yeah. But they'll have a different animal this week in Aaron Rodgers and company. The Bucks are moving on. Moving on. Different animal Way against to go. the Packers. The Saints are done, so let's lay them to rest as we tie, tie this one up. So uh, we, will, we will lay them to rest. This is what we do with the Barry teams. Uh, a successful season for the Saints once again. Didn't yes. end the way they wanted to. Here lie the New Orleans Saints, a team that needs to break up with the playoffs once and for all because this truly has become a toxic relationship. It's just a bad relationship overall, right? Like They're not just, getting along. They just, yes. It's like they go into the playoffs, playoffs bad yeah. news. They're treated poorly there. They stop going. Right. Which they might. Um, something seemed rather amiss, each pass into an abyss. It's Drew's final shout until he finds out we've decided to pair him with Chris. <laughs> then he might go back for one more year. He might, he might go he back. He might be like, man, the hell with that? I don't want to work with that asshole. He's like, oh, that's what you're going to have me do? Okay, then I will go back. All right, so that's the New Orleans Saints. We lay them to rest. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are moving on. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and Sirius XM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and Sirius XM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus Trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. Uh, game number two will stay. Thank you, Kristen. We'll stay in the AFC here. The Chiefs are moving on. Okay. We'll go close, right? The Browns Ooh. stayed in this game, Ooh. even though it looked like in the first half. Like, this game should have been a blowout in the first half. 
Chiefs were settling for field goals instead of touchdowns. They're moving the ball pretty will. easily. At right? will. At will. I think will. they were on pace for 600 yards. I right. think they almost had 300 at halftime. Right. Um, so they were moving the ball really well, got some field goals, but it kept the Browns in it, and credit to the Browns. Yep. Uh, they stayed in it. Patrick Mahomes had to come out of the game. You saw his toe affecting him before that, Ooh. which I heard you talking with Mike. Ooh. That might be a bigger story going into next week than his concussion. I would almost bet my house that this morning – Mahomes is more bothered. He could give a crap about his head. I bet you his head's fine. He's like, what? I, I sent out a, you know, a funny tweet last he night. Did. I'm totally firing on all cylinders. Great. Let me go take the test. I guarantee he woke up this morning to take his morning pee and went, oh, my gosh, I can barely move my toe. Mm. That is a, a very annoying injury. I've had it to a lesser extent. Anybody that's had it playing football will tell you it is debilitating. You can't walk or run normal. You almost have to, like, put your foot to the side because when you start to walk and your toes do that every time, it really bothers that joint of that big toe. And um, it, I just watching it on film, you know, he throws the ball and he's kind of twisted around. And then Sheldon uh, Richardson grabs him a little bit and it makes his leg kind of swing around extra far. Hmm. I'm going to stand up. Just keep it right oh, there. Oh, wow. Chris is standing and up. He gets, and his toe just get, – I'm going to get that toe in there. Yep, it just gets, it. like, totally turned like that. You know, nothing that it looks like, but that's what happens with those kind of injuries. And, man, was he affected after that. And some of the biggest plays in recent memory of Mahomes in the playoffs are – him running the ball, Definitely. huge gain, you know, yes. touchdown run, yes. or him scrambling out of the pocket and then throwing there too. And so you take that element away or Ooh. you reduce it. Scarier. It is a little scary. In a year where they haven't been able to protect him for the last six weeks, yeah. that's where I looked at it. Now, they got away with it yesterday because the Browns are not a great defense. So, you know, that was okay to that point. And he still at least was able to move enough to where he could – you know, just move in the pocket and boom, throw to Kelsey over the middle. So it right. wasn't like, but yeah, I think if he had a sprint sprint, he was nowhere near 100%, you know, speed. But, you know, the other thing I'll say too, listen, I don't give a damn if his foot's hurt. What I saw yesterday, I know he missed two throws out to the left because he was trying not to totally put his foot in that weird spot there. Mm -hmm. But he's still going to be able to throw it amazing. It's not going to matter. In fact, I'm not even lying. He might throw it better. It might mechanically keep him in better positions. You know, he's so gifted. He can just do this kind of stuff and not worry about being perfect mechanics all the time. And sometimes it does lead to him just throwing too much arm. But when his front foot is hurt, and, of course, I'm a lefty, so it changes me, it keeps him on that back leg. And I'm, he made some throws yesterday after his foot got hurt where I went, whoa, that popped out of your hand. Whoa, that was a laser. Yeah. Um, and it might force him to be just – more of a pocket passer, which I'm not lying, could be freaking dangerous, as bit as or every bit as dangerous, too. But maybe not as dangerous as Chad Henney, though. Ooh. Who came into the game. And do we have a tweet from – is this from Chad Henney or is this from Patrick Mahomes? I said Mahomes. Oh, Mahomes. Anything's possible. Anything is possible. You're right. He's fine. You're right. Mahomes is fine. This is during you, the game. This you, is right after the game. You can come up with that hashtag. Right. Right to, after the game. Right. You're doing okay. okay they, they really should just do that and be like, look, look how witty he is. The game. <laughs> That's concussion, the concussion protocol. protocol. That was too good of a joke. If he would have tweeted that during the game, he could have come back in the game because <laughs> right. it's like he, he's clearly right. thinking. Good thing he spelled it correctly. He's got all his Because if he spelled it wrong, he'd be like, whoa, hold you on. Might, you might miss the next game <laughs> yeah. then, too. Uh, Chad Henney comes in, which I thought he was oh, six for eight. I thought he, was, he looked good out there. The most impressive part, though, was that Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, basically 
it didn't seem like they changed anything Not with him lot. in the game. No. They went for fourth down on his first snap on a toss. Yes. It just looked like, oh, they're going to try to draw him off sides like every team does now and end up punting. Not them. Uh, no, they pitch it out to Williams. He gets the first down. Right. And then at the end of the game, uh, same thing. They put it on his arm. They put it on Chad Henney's arm. to First his legs to scramble. But it was different. Like, even that. That was I was shocked by that play. That they ran a pass play. I was third and 14. I was sitting there going, wait, there's two minutes left. You're up by five points, so they need a touchdown to score. I'm going, run the ball. And your defense is playing well. Take a timeout right as the clock hits zero and then punt it with a minute and 20 seconds left, right? And now they get the ball and it's a minute and 12 seconds left to go all the way down the field and score a touchdown. That's what I was thinking. When he dropped back to pass, I was like, oh, my gosh. I mean, I'm thinking he'd throw an interception. I hope somebody's wide open. I mean, he's not – I mean, is he going to be in rhythm to make the throw but then makes the great run like you're talking about to get him close enough? But still didn't get the first down. So then you're thinking, all right, now you're going to punt the ball because it's still right around – I don't know exactly where it was, but it's right around midfield. Yeah, yeah, no, I'll I'll come up with the exact – they were on the 48-yard line. Yeah, I mean, so I'm almost willing to say – 90% 90% of team, maybe it's more than that. Maybe every other team punts in that situation. I would Backup quarterback mm-hmm. with the lead. Mm-hmm. Your defense has been playing well. Right. You just don't want to blow it. Right. I feel you, like you, don't, you feel like you're the better. You don't want to be the team that makes the big mistake like that. Well, why'd you do that? You're the better team. Right. Let your defense win the game for you. I, I think your 90% thing's about right. I think that only the real offensive geniuses of football would go for it there. But with a backup quarterback. I know. It'd be, you know. But like, I could see like Sean Payton doing it with Jameis Winston. Sure. Be like, yeah. I got this play. I yeah. know we're going to. I might feel more confident about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's those kind of guys. Like, even like Brady and McDaniels, or, you know, McDaniels in their day. Like, if Brady had to come out and it was Jimmy Garoppolo to back up or somebody, Hoyer, they still would have been like, we got to play. He can throw it three feet. Let's win the game right here. Let's win it right now. But it's got to be those special people. It's got to be those type of offensive player callers who know. I got something in the lab from last week that I just know is going to just, you know, mind blow emoji, and they're not going to be able to cover it. Let's and he runs inside so much. So yeah. let's look at it. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, it's yeah. the Tyreek Hill. Uh, he hits him here, the fourth down to ice the game. We just brought it up. If you're watching on YouTube, you can follow along with Chris here. Yeah, and it's, it's a play they do a lot. It's basically sprint right option. It's the old, you know, Joe Montana, Dwight Clark in the back of the end zone, right, against the Dallas Cowboys back in the day, except they're doing it at a, three, a different way here. So it's run to the right. It's great pass protection. But, and if we can go back to the start here before the step, the big thing is, first off, it's Mm man-to-man. Okay? So there's that aspect right away. So now they know, like, okay, as long as he can beat him off the line of scrimmage, we're going to have a good chance. Now the defense, the other thing they have to worry about so much here, yep, don't start it yet, is just two – they run so many inside breaking routes from this formation with Tyree Kill. Mm. Whether it's the RPO slant route or the vertical routes we kind of just talked about with Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara. There he is in the inside of three. He's usually the guy that ends up going across the field. We saw it on the first drive of the game. Romo pointed it out. He hit him on that kind of play. So the DB is also thinking like, damn, if, I, if he gets off onto me inside and they just throw a slant route, the game's over. He's yeah. scared of that too. So – because of this, the formation, everything in it, it's man-to-man. Go ahead, let it play, Kristen. And he makes an unbelievable stutter step at the line of scrimmage. And it's you just can tell that DB was basically stationary. He was stationary. Exactly. He slant and like, Exactly. He got frozen. He didn't know. It's a two-way go. He's in a very tough spot. There's got to be something done there to help him. You know, really what, what I would say, and one of the issues with Cleveland altogether yesterday 
you know, I, I wish they would have taken a few more risks on the defensive side of the ball. Hmm. You know, that, that to me was one of the things I would say. But, yeah, on that type of play, Tyree Kill, I don't know. I, would, I probably would have had him double to a degree or something. Somebody, hey, if he runs the inside slant, we got somebody here. So then now the guy that you're covering a man-to-man, you can play outside leverage and take him when he runs anything out route. But either way, great play design. Gutsy as hell play call. Yep. And I'm in – once again, I, the overlooked thing, you heard me say this probably this morning, the overlooked thing with the Chiefs is their toughness and physicality as a football team. Constantly. Oh, they won't be able to stop Nick Chubb in the Browns running game. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, you tell them that they got to stop something, they always stop it. They really do. You know, between their defense and then the grittiness and their offensive line and, oh, wait, Mahomes is out, now we're going to run the ball and chew up clock and do all of that. Man, that's I got it. That's all Andy Reid. That's attitude in your team, toughness yeah. in your team, a team that doesn't give up or just get down because one guy's gone, even though he's the best player on the team and all that. Like, tremendous. That that's culture right there. That you want to know what culture is. That that's the kind of culture you know teams are trying to strive for right there. We need to give another award. Yeah, Kristen, it's time for a damn okay. Damn. Okay. Damn. I'm okay. Damn. I'm okay. Yeah, no, I mean, yes. I'm okay. The legal gambolizing. Oh, baby. I am Chris Sims. I'm okay. Damn. Okay. What are you damn and okay about here? We just need a little musical interlude every once in a while just to break things up, whether it's you singing or not. Uh, what you're talking about exactly right now, the defense. And we got a pet way saying a damn okay to Coach Spagnolo and the Chiefs defense for buckling down with the game on the line. Honorees Chris Jones, Honey Badger, Sneed. We saw Tyron Matthew with his first takeaway in six career playoff games, had a career-high six interceptions this regular season. I think there were a lot of people, my dad included, who played uh, fantasy on FanDuel, who thought Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt would have big games. You know, they'd be able to run the ball because they'd want to run the ball, and with their offensive line and their ability would be able to do that against this Chiefs team. Um, they really couldn't that much. And the Chiefs, I, I, you don't think the Chiefs are winning on physicality like you mentioned. I know. And, and the defense was able to do that, ratchet that up here in the postseason. They, they, they've always answered the bell. Raiders, run game, Josh Jacobs, Sunday night football. Well, the game got moved to Monday night. Oh, oh, they stopped that. Oh, Derek, you know, like I've said, I've said this a few times. Like, oh, Derrick Henry and the Titans are coming to town last year in the AFC Championship. Oh, that's right. He couldn't rush for 80 yards in that game. You know, oh, Kyle Shanahan in the run game of the 49ers. Oh, that's right. You know, they couldn't get it going. And then there they were at a 10-point lead, and they couldn't get a first down to put the damn game away and do the stuff like that. Yeah. Chiefs defense. You know, it is the overlooked thing. There's big people on the front of that Chiefs D line. That's what gives them a chance. And, again, that's where, you know, I think you've heard me say a little lately, big people on defensive lines I think is going to start becoming a real in vogue thing in the league right now. The offenses are too versatile. So you've got to have a defensive line that can hold the run down by itself a little bit hmm. and not always have to put safeties and extra people in the box that way. And they have that. You know, when you talk about Chris Jones, who's 315, 320, Nadi in the middle, the Florida State nose tackles, same thing. I think he's even heavier than that. You know, Frank Clark is no cupcake there. And then they got guys like Wharton and Pennell and all these other guys who back them up are big guys too. So they're never, like, just outmanned up front. That yeah. gives them a chance. And then Spagnolo is as creative as it gets as far as week-to-week game planning. Having said that, I do want to give credit yeah. to – 
Baker Mayfield. Yes, please, let's do it. Uh, Stoney Phenomenal. Says, Stoney says, Baker did well, and I am proud of him. Yeah. This was a really crucial year for Baker Mayfield, a new coach coming into in COVID. I mean, there's so many reasons why this shouldn't yeah. have worked, right? It's like new coach, new right. system. Baker had a down year, not feeling great. You're not around your team as much as you want to be. Um, I, I think it really – we'll talk about the Rams game coming up here in a bit. I think there was a real good chance that – a lot of us thought at the end of this year we'd be talking about Baker Mayfield the way they're talking about Jared Goff. Jared Goff, Goff that and it's kind like, of thing. It, it, do we have to move on? Right. It's like to be the team we want to be, do we have to move on? And he totally changed the script and changed the script without his number one target, Odell Beckham, for much of the, the second half of the season there. Yeah. He looked good, right? And he convinced Definitely. you that Definitely. he is the guy? Definitely. Baker Mayfield's the guy. There's – you know, there's no doubt he's answered that question. I think we were all, one, a little too quick to question that in, in, to begin with, you know, for a guy that was in his third offensive coordinator in three years and all those type of things. But either way, that doesn't even matter anymore. I mean, what we saw him do really the second half of the year and to like, you know, to what you're saying where, okay, I, yeah, yeah, you're right. People were starting to Jared Goff thing, all that. Baker Mayfield, as we saw the last, like, five, six weeks, he can make so many plays by himself or throws like, like last night where you sit there and go, I, he can't, he's coming out of a play action fake and he's firing, and then he throws the ball and you're like, whoa, what a throw. That was, there were some people around there. Yeah. And there's a 20-yard in cut in between, you know, a safety who's driving down on it and a corner who's closing on it. And you just go, that's just, that's, that's just great arm talent. There's no other way to say that. He – is in a system that fits him, the team, everything. Kevin Stefanski got it all turned around. The Browns should be so happy with where they are, where they're going, what direction. They need a few more studs on defense, like you said. I mean, that's all it is. It's really it's, – it's two or three players on the defensive Who'd side of the ball. They drafted uh, – they got hurt. Uh, this, the, the, the D tackle from Missouri got dra- – uh, yeah. third round. But they drafted the safety, Grant Delpit, who got hurt in the Delpit, second round. Yeah, right, yes. right. Right so, in the beginning of the year. Right, right in the beginning of the year. So that will help out. But, yeah, they need a few – they need another stud front seven football mm-hmm. player. Another – like a, and then probably a linebacker. That's the other thing they're missing. Listen, they're going to run this Seattle defense – they need their Bobby Wagner, their K.J. Wright, their Fred Warner. Joe Woods came from San Francisco. They need that type of guy. But, yeah. man, yes, Cleveland, great year by them. But the point is, Kansas City, them getting their toughness, they were the better team on the field. Yes. That's why I'm glad they won the game. They were clearly the better team if Mahomes is healthy. Mm-hmm. And I always root, once I see a game and start to go, I go, I usually end up rooting for the team I think's better as I'm watching it because yeah. I want to see the best matchups next week. And this game, as we both know, would have been a lot closer if the ball didn't roll out of the end zone oh, in the first half. Oh, here we go. So it's the one play. It is the one play that we have to talk about that we haven't talked about yet. First of all, a lot of people thought that should have been a penalty on what? Sorensen? Is that who is So let's who start there. I think this is a really Richard good talking Higgins thing. with his helmet. So, so I ask you this in all seriousness. I know I get yes. fired up about these conversations. This is not per- – like, so what the fuck is the defense supposed to do there? Yeah. So are we just are we getting to the point in football now where guys are going to dive for the corner and there's going to be somebody close and we just got to stop and go go ahead. There's nothing you can do at that point. You there's no just... way the head is not going to be involved. Nobody's yeah. going to dive and then curl up into a cannonball and try to make it happen that way. Hold on, yeah. I unclipped myself. No, but you have to though. It's like because you know what? That's not a healthy play for Sorensen either. It's not a healthy play for the defensive guy. Like you don't like I think. 
Like, I get what you're saying, right? It's like you, you just let them not healthy. It's not healthy. But, okay, say, say it's rugby and say you're playing no helmets. Yeah. Do you just have to go head-to-head -head with that guy or do you have to just play the game without your okay, head Okay, I don't play? know. See, this is where we got to stop with the ifs, buts, and candies and nuts. Yeah. I don't know. You know, great. I, we wear helmets. I know. You know, he's, his job is to not let the guy in the end zone. Right. He's in a tough spot there. He's not trying to lead with his head. He's not going, I'm trying he's to. He's just trying to cut the guy yeah. off with his body so hopefully he knocks him out of bounds it before he gets there. It was unfortunate for him that his head is on the top of his body. Exactly. There. It's going to be a kind of a problem as you go forward for these tackling <laughs> yeah. guys. You yeah. know? I but mean, I understand trying to officiate a game where defensive players don't feel I get they need it. to throw their head. I understand that. I don't player. think that's one that should ever be called. I don't think it's egregious. I don't think he's head hunting to your point. I agree with that. You know that. what I mean? I agree with he's that. He's trying to stop a, but it, But I'm it, almost saying save the defensive player from from himself. himself. From himself. I, I hear you. Know, you know, take that, throw a penalty on him not because we think you did something bad, but because we don't want you I just don't know how any head. play like that's ever going to be stopped in this the future of football. Yeah. It, it, there's going to be some contact with the head. Yeah. It just, it's going to happen a little bit, and well, it's just hard to avoid. Now, let's get to the real. Speaking of changes real. in football, yeah. everyone in the world, everyone? except for Chris Sims, wow. thinks that, uh, at least everyone I've talked to, which is a lot of people in this world, thinks that the fumble out of the end zone should not result in the other team getting the ball How is at the 20 yard line. Because then the argument is made that anywhere else on the field, if a team fumbles out of bounds, the ball goes back to the spot of the fumble, right? That you fumbled this is the field, in the field of, play. of play. This is not the that end is zone. The field of play. Correct. Right. It's not the end zone. The whole point. Go ahead. Continue with your. No, what that, else that is the point. That, okay. that it's an egregious. The field. Too that is the field penalty. of play. That is being fought for for who owns that field of mm -hmm. play. The end zone is one team's property. You say everything changes once you get to the end zone. Yeah, the one team, everything changes and in the end zone. That. I do agree. That's with that. they're they're defending that. If you cross the ball with the ball in your hand into their end zone, mm -hmm. it's a touchdown. It's the only part of the field where you get points. It's the only point. Exactly right. You punt the ball and it goes out of the bounds. Mm -hmm. It's a touchback. You punt the ball. You kick the ball and it goes out of the back in the end zone. Yeah. It's a touchback. To to say that the offense should just get the ball back mm -hmm. there, I don't agree. This is not the field of play. This yeah. is not. This is in the end zone. But the argument could be, why are you rewarding the defense? A guy why? can just, like, drop the ball himself with no help by the defense. They don't even recover the ball, and they get it. Why are you rewarding the defense for that? Okay, well, that's, uh, that's their fault. I don't know. But, you know, also what people – so what, what we're saying is, too, everyone's going to be cool. And because this is what – this will happen at some point. If we mm -hmm. just start to wipe this rule away, yeah. every time somebody dives three yards in or right, going into the corner, just reach out and see if you can reach. And if not, just throw it out the side of the end zone there. Yeah, it's fit. have the ball on your fingertips Have your fingertip. I have no control. Okay, I'm about to go to the ground. Let me just throw it out there. And then it's not a fumble, and we get the ball back right there. That's great. It's, everybody gets a blue ribbon. It's yeah. awesome. <laughs> everybody. Uh, you know what? I disagree with you, but there's a part of me that's sympathetic to your argument because I do – I'm a baseball fan. You're a baseball fan. There are weird rules in baseball and different quirks and stuff like that. This is a different this quirk. This rule is very consistent with the rest of football. I get it. I get it. And, and if, you, if you have the ball the and you field, fumble it out of your own end zone, that's points. It's a safety. You can't, you right, can't do that. Right. You've lost control of the ball in your own end Here's zone. You my, can't do that either. maybe we can find middle ground. Right. Because I like you a lot. Yeah. And I want to always compromise and show Fine. the world how it's done. <coughs> I do think, though, if you are going to make a tweak yeah. – that the team that doesn't do anything, maybe they caused the fumble, maybe they didn't. All right. Still he caused the, the fumble yesterday. Okay. okay, give them the ball. 
Why do they get to move the ball 20 yards ahead of the field? Why do they get to move advance? I understand two that. Two first downs. But again, it's give them the ball at the one. The, I, give the other team the ball at the one yard. I understand that, but it's also very consistent with the touchback rules and everything like that. It's the same thing. So I don't mind if you want to change it to that. I yeah. can deal with that. Yeah. But I, I, I can't sit there and go, it's crazy, because it's consistent with everything else that goes. Mm-hmm. And, again, when nobody is possessing the ball and the ball is free in somebody's end zone, it's the only f- part of the field that belongs to one team. One team has one end zone and the yeah. other team has the other end zone. Mm-hmm. The rest of it is all a fight for that field position. That's open field. So yeah. if nobody possesses the ball and the ball rolls out of bounds at the 44-yard line, okay, that was open field. But in this territory, you've lost the ball, and now no one's recovered it in our area that's our area. No, we get the ball back. That's yeah. the way that is. I, I, I won't ever back down from that. It's like the home run that bounced off the head of Jose Canseco. He can be like, well, it bounced <laughs> off my head and went over the fence. Be like, I'm sorry, over the fence is a it's over run. the fence. It's over the fence. You know that at that it's out of the field of play at that point. Even though you hit it off your head, it don't still. worry. This my my. It's gonna get changed. It doesn't. You do think it's gonna get changed? Without a doubt. Everybody's crying about it today. It's gonna get changed. Nobody wants to see defense anymore. It's everybody wants a seventy-four to seventy-three game. And oh, let's give him the ball back so we can make sure I get my guy the fantasy points from the one he was supposed to score there. Yeah, I want us have another chance. And that's where I just go, it's bullshit. I, don't, I won't buy that. Okay, but maybe if we do get a rule change, just change it to giving the team that, that gets the I ball can, the one yard That line. I can get behind. I can go, then you're deal still, with that. You can still, you know, you're like, all right, we're still here. Right. Okay. I can um, deal with that. Pete, by the way, has his five worst rules in football. And that is one of them. See if you agree with Pete. Number five, uh, the fact that both teams are not guaranteed a possession in overtime. He, does, he thinks both teams should get the ball oh, in overtime. Oh, I love that. I don't even think they should have changed it from the old rule. You were okay with that the def- They got million-dollar defensive players. And now we're going, like, hey, oh, defense, you can- if you don't stop them, don't worry. We get one more chance. You're saying that Pete's saying every team should get the ball and every player this should get it. This is all millennial bullshit here. This is all like, oh, I want no, I just not fair. I deserve a chance, too. Um, uh, I don't think. Uh, it's baby Pete bullshit. Is a I don't care, yes. I'm a millennial, too, I think, technically. For uh, finding players for wearing cool cleats, that's a bad rule. I, li- I agree with that one. That one should be on this list. I'm, I'm not a fan of that either. Nope. I-, I do like them to stay within a color code, though. I don't want to oh. see, like, a team that's, you know, like the silver and blue, and they're purple. wearing, yeah, purple. Right. I don't like that. Adding an eighth seed to the playoffs. He's just, it's coming. You just wait. And he's, he already pre- he preemptively I'll agree with him that. there. I'm with him I there. I agree with that. Without a doubt. Number two, using metal chains to measure first downs like it's 1905. <laughs> so true. <laughs> That's good. I mean, yeah. next-gen stats has a chip in the ball, and everybody's got a chip, and we can see everybody doing everything. Right. Except we're going we're gonna to rely on the, the 68-year-old referee who was 12 yards behind <laughs> the, where the ball was, yeah. and now he's just going to randomly put his foot somewhere to spot yes. it. Yeah, and I feel like there was a measurement in the game, which you don't see in them very often because they often spot the ball right on the line now so they don't have to do that. Yeah. Um, and it seemed really close, but they just gave them the first down anyway. Like in the old days, you'd put like a credit card in the middle there and you'd look yeah. and you'd try to – It's I, a little too inexact what's right going now. on right now. Yeah. Uh, but his number one most hated rule is the fumble out of the end zone rule. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, uh, don't die on this hill, Chris. But, oh, I, I, I want to – like when people keep saying that to me, don't die on this, I want to go like – you want to die more for this. I, I want to go, you're dying on, I don't a little ant mountain. Like, I don't, why are you even dying? What do, no, one, no, one's, no one's giving me a reason yet. Everyone just goes, I just think they should get the ball back. It, I don't know why, but they should just get it back. 
I, I don't, I'm not going to buy that. You've convinced me. That, have I, I? I am no longer in favor I of giving, a few the, giving the, the ball, ball back today, to too. the offensive team. But I will fight for giving the other team the ball to one yard. Okay. That's what I will Okay, good. For. I'll take that. Fine. We let's have, move we on have, before you hills go right crazy. Uh, speaking of uh, hills to die on, yeah. let's send the uh, Browns into the ground right now. Let's send them into the ground. We will bury them. The Browns will go with the brown ground. Here lie the Cleveland Browns, a team that is going through a major identity crisis as we speak, thinking it still might be possible that the league just pulled an elaborate practical joke on them. They're like, did this really happen? They're like, of course not. You're not a playoff team. Uh, no, they were there. Uh, doubts? No, we had none. We saw potential from day one. Chris knew they'd go higher. You said they're on fire in a dumpster. Which is just our own little pun. That's just the way we say it. You know, like, you're on fire in a dumpster. That just happens to be where it is. It's a, ter- it's a metaphor Thank you. for us right there. They, they surprise a lot of people. Right. But a team that hasn't been to the playoffs in a century and a half or whatever it was yes. has to do that. And then now, now we've seen it. Now we're convinced that you are a good team moving forward. Congratulations, Browns. Way to go, Brownies. Even though we have to bury you. All right. Over- Wasn't it weird to, oh. I mean, first off, yes. I mean, century and a half was a long time ago. But <laughs> it was, I, it I just found it long. weird with that game and everything that went on, too. Like, I'm, I, you know, I'm a football historian. You know, the Browns, their playoff woes, yeah. the Ernest Biner fumble back in the day going into the end zone. We had that. I just, to me, I was like, man, what I thought of was like, it's just funny sometimes the correlation. Marty Schottenheimer was the coach of the Browns. Yeah. He was the coach of the Chiefs, too, and something like this happens on that field. I don't know. Yeah. I, just, I just thought that was funny. Ironic. You're don't a you historian think? of the game. Yes. Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features, the owner's manual for important operating instructions. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Thank you. Uh, all right, moving on. Let's do it. To Bills versus Ravens. And you love Josh Allen, but we may have found someone who (laughs) likes Josh Allen even more than you somehow. Uh, Michelle Tafoya was talking with his receiver. Oh, you're right. One Stephon Diggs (laughs) after the game, and this is what he said. He's a guy that can do it, and as a as a player, that you just wanna you just wanna play for him. You know, he works hard. He busts his oh not the a word. He busts his a word, and uh, I just love this guy, man. That's it. Hey, you guys, enjoy the celebration. Congratulations. That's a bromance right there. It's a bromance. He dropped an A word on on TV. We almost had to pay a fine there, but thanks for not (laughs) doing the full thing there. They're a fun 
duo. They are. And you said to Josh Allen, you think they might be the best duo in, in football. I, I mean, this year they're in that conversation. They are in that conversation. You know, I mean, I think, you know, of course, Mahomes and Tyreek or Mahomes and Kelsey, you could probably put in that convo too. But it, it's certainly one of the most potent, deadly, obvious ones where it's like, oh, it's man to man. I bet you he throws the t- digs right here. Oh, he's scrambling outside the pocket. I bet you he tries to find digs right here. Uh, they are on the same page. And, you know, really, Allen's play and then Diggs, you know, just addition to the team. Of course, has made them a whole different animal this year, and the reason they're in the AFC so championship. So we'll get game. in. We'll get into that touchdown here in a second. Yes, yeah, Stephon Diggs going over 100 yards in five of the last six games. That relationship is really good. But I just want to say about this game overall. Yeah. Is that the conditions were set up perfectly for the Ravens to win this game? Yes. Like if you knew the conditions going in, and you, I think you did pick the Ravens anyway. I did. Um, one by three. Yeah. But you probably felt even better about it. You're seeing those flags going like that, and you're just like, wow, the team that can run the ball as well as any team in the league against a defense that has had fits of not being able to stop the other team. Yeah. It's like this is setting up perfectly for the Ravens, and it was completely the opposite. It was. Yeah, it was. um, I was complaining about it before the game here in, you know, in our studios because I was going, oh, I don't want to see this weather. I want to see both these teams at their best so we can really see, like, you know, the air show. I didn't want snow or rain to slow down the track for Lamar Jackson either. So I want to see him at full speed. You know, okay, a little snow, but just for optics. I didn't want it to change the the overall game altogether. But uh, I I was thinking that. I, I really thought that. Yeah, between Baltimore's defense, Baltimore's running game, and what I've seen out of Lamar throwing the ball at the end of the year, I thought they'd be able to throw just enough to keep Buffalo honest and win a tough, close football game. But that was not the case. And, you know, we're going to sit here going into the offseason with really some of the same questions we've had about Baltimore all season long, too. It's going to be the pass game conversation. Yes, it has to grow. We see that. Now, you know, 17-13, and I think the way the game ended has made that conversation seem more relevant where I want to go, hey, he threw for 162 yards. It wasn't like it was a pitiful performance here. You know, Mm -hmm. Josh Allen only threw for 206. They're right there on the doorstep of making it 10 to 10. Mm-hmm. You know, at least you're thinking it's going to be 10 to 6 as long as T- uh, Tucker doesn't miss some chip shot field goal there. But the game was still in the balance there, even though they were down 10 to 3. Just thinks that Lamar got hurt. We didn't get to see it there. But I think ultimately it was the lack of a passing game by mm-hmm. Baltimore. It allowed Buffalo to go all in on the run game. And one thing I've seen from Buffalo all year if you don't have balance, they'll go all in and stop it. You know, they're good that way. They're smart. Leslie Frazier, McDermott, oh, you're not that great of a throwing? Okay, we're going we're gonna to really push the issue into stopping your run and make you prove to us you could throw it. They're good at that, and they continued to play those type of defenses all night long, and they had a great plan of attack for slowing down all the Lamar Jackson and Baltimore run game stuff. It was really like the pocket would close in on Lamar a lot of times because I'm looking at the rushing stats yes. for Jackson, nine carries for 34 yards. His long was 15. So that means in the other eight carries, he had like 20 yards. That's nothing. Nothing. For Lamar but Jackson. you're saying it right away. They 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 basically just like smothered, for lack of a better way, Lamar Jackson with just people and a lot of people. It was you know okay, our you know we got one linebacker here and we're all going to slant this way to take away the run to the right. And in case he cuts back, we got a guy coming blitzing off the back edge. Yeah. And as soon as he tries to cut back, it's just going to all converge on him. They just had so many people 
surrounding the ball. They were very good at, oh, the pulling guards, let's get over the top and make sure we get into those gaps. And then really the big thing, and the thing maybe I underestimated a little bit too, you know, the two linebackers, Milano and Edmonds, their speed, A.J. Klein, his speed, their ability to run sideline to sideline and never let Lamar get outside. Hmm. There was a lot of times where Lamar was running outside and those linebackers just ran to the sideline and got to the edge to where then he had to cut it back up and it became a three- or four-yard gain instead of like we see him get 20-yard gains that, that way. The pressure was a huge deal in what I think was the play of the game yeah. and it was the play before. The 101 yard seriously, interception return. Seriously. Who was that? Was that Hughes? That was Hughes. It was right? 55. Because they, they showed it, and Chris pointed it out on the broadcast is that Hollywood was open. Wide yeah. open. He was wide open. Yeah. Lamar had to throw off back foot uh, and missed it. And so that, if you score there and kick the extra point, 10 10. 10 10. It's a whole different game. Totally different Completely game. Completely different That's game. That's where the football's crazy. Just, you just, you're gonna, you know, they'll look at that and go, man, we were in some even football game and we were this close to tying it and like, we got a chance to win, and yet we lost 17 to three, and it felt like we really had no chance to win the game at the end of the game. Right. You know, it's just, but, but that's another thing too. I'll say, hey, the pressure was great. I'd like to see Lamar hit that throw. You know, like Josh Allen and Mahomes. Yeah. He's got the arm strength. He definitely even off the does. Back foot right. He's got it, it. He's got it. And then, you know, Could the wind the might wind. affect yeah, it. No doubt about yeah. it. There's no doubt. It was a really tough night to throw the football. But, yeah, those are the kind of things I'd like to see Lamar get a little bit better at, and I'd also like to see them get better overall at their passing game, you know, in general. So greatness calls says, yeah. if you could only help tell Lamar to work on one thing this offseason, what would it be? One thing to work on if you're Lamar Jackson. Well, let me think about this for a second. He some, he's like pocket navigation, recognizing coverage, off balance, back foot throws. I think – Maybe I would, you know, he wants to throw from the pocket. He can make any throw. His arm is very good. It really, to me, it would probably be more about being a new, nuanced pocket passer. And that, hey, be patient in the pocket. Do go through your reads. Force those issues in practice and stuff. Yeah, we know in a game you're going to get out and run. But don't do that too quickly in practice, right? You know, oh, it's seven on seven. It's April. We know you can scramble. Yeah. Let's force the issue. Stay in there. Go through the reads. You know, try to find different ways to deliver the football and different ways to not only through your, your release, but, you know, the out route where I got to drop it over somebody. And this one I got to drive in there. And this one I got to throw it low and away and all those things. To me, those are the things we're, we're missing. And it's not, like, imperative to him yet because he has his great legs and they can get him out of trouble a lot of the times. But – at some point in his career, he's going to have to make that adjustment, and I just I hope he does that. But also, I believe he can do all these things, too. He needs the right coaching and the right people to get them going in that pass game. It does not lend itself to quarterback numbers or being easy on the quarterback throwing the football. We've never seen anybody in Greg Roman's offense really have success just throwing the football. Yeah. So there's a little question mark there. Yeah, and it was a hard day for both quarterbacks, as you mentioned, yes. with the wind, and Justin Tucker missed – couple field goals. He missed three field goals in the two games this postseason. He had missed one in his 12 yeah. uh, previous postseason. Insane field goals, so win. Difficult. Yeah, it was insane. Uh, but let's take a, a little bit closer look at two plays. I yeah. want to do the Stephon Diggs uh, touchdown in a second. But first, let's do the interception. The interception. Let's do it. 101 yards. It's a lot six. of good stuff here. Uh, Teron Johnson here. It was Lamar's first career interception in the red zone, which it's I amazing. didn't know. Right. He'd never done this Him before. and Josh Allen. Never had red zone interceptions, yeah. right? So hey, let's not start it yet. Let me just do it just real quick. They're going to play basically 
a quarters coverage here, okay? Quarters coverage. It's going to be like four across, and Tremaine Edmonds, number 49, who's over the center right now looking like he might blitz, he's going to drop right down the middle. It's almost like a Tampa 2 coverage, but it plays a little bit more like quarters coverage. Now, the thing to watch here as we go, and don't go yet, don't press play yet, is he's going to throw to Mark Andrews right there at tight end on the left. The guy next to him, Boykin, in the slot, this is the guy to watch here as we go. Yeah. Now go ahead and press play because Boykin's open, and that's who the ball should go to for the mm, touchdown. Yeah. Okay? And really, hey, Andrews is the go-to guy here. And just rewind one more time, and don't, don't start it quite yet. But Andrews is the go-to guy. That is the first read of this play, right? And what he's thinking is because he sees Edmonds carry him up, he's just going, well, Edmonds has got him, and I think that nickel guy will stay out there by number 80. He's not going to get so antsy and come into an area where he shouldn't really be. Right. But the problem is Lamar loses sight of him, and Lamar just stares down Andrews the whole time. And Teron Johnson, he's playing zone, so he doesn't have any man to cover and I think he's sitting there kind of dropping in zone. And when he sees Lamar on, like, the second little gathership still staring at Andrews, he just goes, shit, he's going to throw it. I'm going. I might leave my area, but this is – he's patted the ball twice and now going to throw it. I'm going. And he goes – and let's play this one more time. Go ahead. And you can see he leaves 80 voided. If, if Lamar had just seen him better, he's going to throw an easy touchdown to Miles Boykin. And then just rewind this again back to the pick. And here's the other aspect. If you could just the, – the, the, the pick six is amazing too. The way it happened because everybody's dead stopped in the end zone. Right. And now with him catching the ball in the middle of the field, the Ravens came upfield to tackle him. No one went back at first until Lamar starts to realize, uh-oh, he's going to come out of the pack right here. And he gets out, and then he becomes the only guy that's going to be able to save it. But Tredavious White, what hustle to get out there in front of Lamar. Yeah. And a touchdown by Teron Johnson, and Johnson, and really probably the play of the weekend as far as the playoffs are concerned. And that's the Ravens' MO. Like, they're the team right? that sees every turnover right. as an offensive opportunity to take it back. Because you got a quarterback out there. you got five offensive linemen out there. It's a really good chance to score points. Yes. Uh, and it was the Bills that did it to them. Uh, Stephon Diggs with the other touchdown on the three-yard screen here and Pete wanted to know on this play yeah it's a good question by Pete you got Pete's two- still mad at me I think about you know what? the fumble out of the end zone thing he's still very <laughs> mad yeah yeah water under the bridge he says at this point uh, until the next time it comes up yes uh he goes on this touchdown you got you got only two dbs yes for three wide receivers right what's going on yep and so yeah and hum so and Humphrey as you see in the end zone there for this is the this is what's going on and you can see the Ravens are a multiple defense, as you know. They do a lot of different stuff, crazy stuff. I wish 44 was moved up there closer to where the, the yeah. deep – but I guess that's how deep he was. Is he going to – maybe he'll but, still come but up. But here's the, here's the point, and just before we start playing, just let me say this. There's a lot to defend with the Buffalo Bills down here. It's a lot. You can't really stop everything. It's really hard. You know, think about it. you got to stop the great passing game you got to be conscious of him in the drop-back passing game. And not only their concepts, but, hey, we'd like to keep him in the pocket because if he scrambles, he's probably going to scramble and throw or scramble and run for a touchdown. Right. you got to think about, mate, they could run the ball with Devin Singletary. Oh, wait, they run a lot of quarterback design runs with Josh Allen down here. Ran one for a touchdown last week against the Colts. So they're worried about all these things. So where they've decided to cheat out here to the receivers is they went three on two. 
instead of three on three. Got it. And they're trying to cheat with like the linebacker. I believe it's 58 here as like, hey, stay in there close to the run so you could stop the run and they run it. And then if they drop back to pass, we can get out there in zone coverage. But the one area it hurts is a screen pass that's quick like this. Go ahead and play it. So here they are. So here they are still getting lined up. So, yeah, 44. Oh, so there's 44. There. He's out there. So yeah. now we got the two-on-two -two matchup. And, yep, so one more time. And 48 is that. So it's queen. 48 that I got to confuse. So 48's the guy they're trying to say, we want to want you to be the third guy out there in coverage. Yeah. But I also want you to be here in case Josh Allen keeps the ball in the read option or something like sure. that. And that's what they're worried about. And that's where – Great offenses make you defend the whole field, and it's tough to stop everything. And they're very, listen, this this play is a perfect example for really all we have to say. This is a boring game offensively. We've said it. Yeah. You know, it wasn't perfect. Allen missed a few throws. Damn, Gabe Davis missed the touchdown down the middle on what the second drive of the game. He drops that. You know, Allen missed the Diggs go route because uh, the wind looked like it pushed it like 30 yards to the right. But Here's the, one of my big takeaways. Baltimore still played really good defense. Let's not forget, Baltimore outgained uh, Buffalo 340 to 220 yards. But Allen's playmaking, that's one thing. The explosive plays he makes that way. And then I've never seen Baltimore play defense the way they played the other night. It's been a long time. Never. I'm, I'm never. I've never seen them play that kind of respect to any quarterback huh. yet. Not going to blitz. Going to play a lot of zone coverages. We're going to be totally conscious of not letting you have a big play or put our corners in a vulnerable position. That was about as conservative as I've seen the Baltimore Ravens play on the defensive side of the ball ever. I'm talking about ever. Baltimore blitzed an NFL high 46% in the first 17 games right. this season. Just 20% versus Buffalo. And when they did... Allen went six for seven, 57 yards in a touchdown. You, you can't blitz him. He's, he's gotten like Mahomes. He likes it. He, he, he does. Because he goes, I, can, I got a brain to block it up. If I, my brain doesn't work, I'll make one of you guys miss. And then he throws a laser down the field. And, or, or it's, I'll block it up, and now you're blitzing. I know I got one-on-one on digs, and that's, yeah. I love that all day. So that's where they're really tough, and that's where he's hit, hit to me the Mahomes-Rogers stratosphere. It's because of things like this is I see stuff that to me is a big telltale sign, you know. That's just it's not a lot of people are going to talk about it, but that like screamed to me. Mm -hmm. Baltimore playing this style, and they tried to give them the okie doke during the week. Well, this is what we do: we blitz. We're going to keep blitzing. You know, they tried to get Buffalo to think it was going to be a blitz game. Yeah. Wink Martindale, that little sneaky bastard. Wink, him, wink, wink, wink. Is right. Uh, he had something else in mind, but good game, good win by Buffalo. Good win by Buffalo, so that means we have to bury the Baltimore Ravens. They're done. They won a game. That's good, right? That's they a did. step in the right direction. It is in the right direction. We have to bury the Baltimore Ravens. Here we go. Here lie the Baltimore Ravens, a team which has so much respect for the endangered American Buffalo, they refused to win so was not forced to dance on their logo. They didn't want to do that. It's too much respect for that animal. Right. So we'll go, we'll just lose the game so we're not faced with that tough choice. Uh, Ravens questions, we had a few. Were the playoffs too much for you? Lamar proved us wrong. He played very strong. However, he's yet to prove he can win two. So now we just move the goalposts, <laughs> yes, right? It's yeah. like, can he win a playoff game? Right. 
It's like then when he does that, we're like, crap. Can he win two? But can he win two? That that would be awesome when you can say that to my dad next time. Exactly. He's on. He'll That's he'll what's really that. important. Yeah. You know, like anyone can win Phil, one. Phil, he's never yeah. won two. He's yet to win two playoff <laughs> games in his career. So he has not done that yet. Uh, it's gonna be tough. Because I don't know if they're going to be – I mean, they weren't better than they were the year before. It's like, what direction are they going right now? I still the think Ravens? they're going in the right direction. You think they're getting better? They can still get better? I still think they're on the shelf life of this team. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to say better. Listen, this this year is still a, a phenomenal year. What were they, 12-4, and four, right? Yeah. I got that right? No, I mean, uh, were they? Yeah, 11-5, uh, and five, sorry. Yeah. You know, but – but could have easily been a 13-3, and 12-4 football team. I still think they're in the window of being a, an ass kicker. I mm. do. You know, they still got plenty of good offensive linemen. D-line, hey, yeah, Clays, Campbell, guys like that, maybe getting up there in age. They might start thinking about retooling yeah. that. But, man, those DBs, they don't need to do anything there. You know, probably need another playmaking receiver. They just got to grow the pass offense. It's got to grow. They got to get Lamar to grow within it. I think that can be done. I don't think Baltimore's going anywhere. He's still so young. So very young. Exactly right. Early in his career. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is not young. He is older, but he looked like he was very young this year. Uh, Packers beat the Rams 32-18. It was the uh, top offense versus the number one defense in football, although they didn't have Aaron Donald as much as they would have liked. He played just 53% of defensive snaps in this one. Averaged 85 in the regular season, so that's the lowest. Uh, He has played in the game. Uh, since his rookie season in 2014. I don't know how much it would have changed the final result. Certainly right. made things a little bit easier for the Packers, a team that, to the surprise of a lot of people out there, ran the ball. Definitely. Ran the ball very effectively. Aaron Jones, Williams, A.J. Dillon as well. Um, so they, they were able to run the ball, which meant that Aaron Rodgers even had more freedom to do what, what he does. And he made it look... Very easy against a very difficult defense. They're, well, very easy. You know, it's one thing we've been saying here on the pod the last few weeks. Green Bay has hit the, 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 the status of we can run it against anybody. We can do whatever we want against whatever defensive front you want. We're going to still be able to run it. You're not just going to shut them down. That's, that's what's different about them from last year. You know, that's the first thing. Then playing the proper game against the team you're playing. How to, L.A.'s built to stop the pass. That's Aaron Donald pass rushing, mm-hmm. Floyd, Brockers, Jalen Ramsey. They're a speed. We want to play a spread football game and stop the pass game. Well, Green Bay said, screw that. We like to throw it, but we're not going to play right into your direct strength. We're going to run the ball. We're going to mix. Can Aaron Donald handle double teams? Can your, you know, 220-pound middle linebacker handle a pulling guard? Those type of things. They, they played the proper way. And then to, like, what you're saying right now, with they're – Rodgers is on fire. They're peaking. They're physically kicking butt. He is mentally kicking butt. LaFleur and Nathaniel Hackett are very creative with a few wrinkles in every game. And they've hit that point of where you just go – they're kind of unstoppable mm-hmm. to a degree because he's so calm. He gets them in the right play when they're in the wrong play. You know, they call a lot of multiple plays at the line of scrimmage, so he always gets them in the right one. Then it's, oh, you played too heavy run defense? Okay, well, we can still run it, but, oh, you're going to keep playing that? Oh, well, then we're going to throw it and get easy completions. Oh, wait, now you're going to play two safeties back? Oh, well, okay, well, we're going to run it right up the middle. And they can't stop them that way either. They have literally hit that point where you just go, wow, and they're one of the few teams that we've talked about where they can do it both ways. They can beat you surgically 
and go 12 plays, boom, 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 and take their time, or they can go, fuck you, four plays, 80 yards, touchdown. And yeah. that, that's where you become dangerous. Well, let's show both of them because yeah. they had uh, the long one to Lazard uh, after he had dropped the long one. The same play. That's what I love about it, uh, Amin. Just flip. It was the just same. Flipped. Just flips, right. One was in the third quarter. The next was in the fourth quarter. The first time around, it was to the right side. The second time, it's the left side. Exact same play. It's a You could see a quarters defense here. All right, they're playing quarters because they want that safety to be a little aggressive to come up and help in the run game. So go ahead and play it, Kristen. He's going to r- run a little play-action fake to the front side. You can see the safeties got up there really aggressive. Quarters coverage, they're calling it because they're worried about the run game, and they're hoping they can scare you away from a pass play with a two-deep safety look, right? That type okay. of thing. Go back one more time. And, you know, because of the tight split – the corner 22 on the outside, he's got to play a little outside leverage. They're running the ball successfully. On this type of play, they've already seen Aaron Jones run up the middle for 60-something yards. That safety got a little aggressive. By the time he comes down and realizes Aaron, Aaron Rodgers has kept the ball, yeah. it's too late and let Lazard's gone. You can almost tell the oh, crap moment there right? for the safety. Right. You're just like, uh-oh, this is Running down, and he goes like this, and he goes, uh-oh. He go, he'll run. drop it, though. I've seen this before. <laughs> I've seen he it didn't, before. He right. didn't drop that one. That one iced the game. Really cool, though. I love that they called it again. You know, I, I used to like have that every now and then with some of my ex-coaches where it's like, you know, the play would work and they would just go, okay, that was it, man. We went all week calling that play. We got it. It was yeah. good. That's it. We're done with it for today. And I'd come like a quarter later and go, let's call it again. And they'd be like, well, we already called it. Yeah. I go, oh, fuck. I didn't know. Damn, we can't call a play twice. Yeah. Like it worked. Let's do it again. And uh, I think that's cool. That kind of goes doesn't happen a lot in the NFL. Yeah, the, the Rams, and, you know, a little confusion, a little over-aggressive on that play. The one-yard touchdown, there seemed to be something going on there, too. Oh, let's check that out. Uh, this one to Devontae Adams, yeah. because right after Adams catches it, uh, Jalen Ramsey just throws up his arms and is just, like, beside himself, basically. So what, what happened? Well, there, there's a lot of moving parts here. They obviously have, like, basically a, two defenses called. This is not – and just leave it right here. This is not Jalen Ramsey's fault. It, it, it is totally not. So, and by him showing his arms like that, he wanted the world to know it was not. Well, he was he was going to let it be known. I don't think you know. Listen, I don't think he's like that. Yeah. I think he he's he totally was just in the moment intense, crazy guy. That's yeah. the way he is, and he wants to win a football game. But okay, go to the let the motion go, Kristen. And when it gets to the other side, just stop. When seventeen goes across, so stop it there. Okay. So now within there, where we are right here, Jalen Ramsey thinks, hey, I got seventeen, right? And it looks like right now, like 43 is going to cover 83 or something like that. But when they bring the motion back, it's all about an adjustment. 43 wants to blitz here and come off the edge. So now 33 has got to go back onto 83, who's in the end zone. So go ahead and let it play here. And this, to me, just wasn't communicated in time enough Hmm. to where as this motion comes back across, 33 – has to realize the guy that's going to be outside is the guy coming in motion. I got to take him. I can't expect Jalen Ramsey to run through this trash and yeah. key, and then cut somebody off on the outside. So there's supposed to be some sort of switch call. And if you wa- when I was watching on film, there's a lot of communication before the snap between these guys. 33 goes. He goes. Right. He just is a little indecisive and slow. And it just it's too late by then, and he's realized he's messed up. And he knows he's messed up. So is this Matt LaFleur thinking, like, okay, either 
Ramsey's going to be the guy covering him, and he's going to have trouble going through all that mess. Or there's a chance they could mess up the rules on it. It's this. a both one. You're exactly yeah. right. He's going either they're going to let him stay, or I know the Rams, and when we go away, they might call kind of a little different defense now to that side. And now if we come back, can they get it all reorganized back again to the original way? Yeah. That's why you motion and do things like we talk about it all the time. Give your team a little advantage. That's what that does. Just simple there and back. It messed up the Rams, who were going to have some cool, creative coverage pass-off there. But because you did it in motion with some pace, that put the pressure on them, and they couldn't get it figured out. Matt LaFleur is way too under the radar. Oh, my God. It's ridiculous. And even going back to last year, because I think the biggest knock on the Packers last year is what? They were 13-3, and and everyone's like, they're not really a 13-3 and team. They're like a 10-6 and team, which I kind of agree with. They weren't that good. Right. But that should be... A, a feather in the cap of the coach. It's right? exactly right. You, you weren't that good. Right. You got 13 but wins anyway. But you did anyway. better. Right. You, you know what I mean? And maybe it was the competition they were playing. And then to do it again this year, and people are going to say, oh, you, you have Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, it's easy to do it with Aaron Rodgers. Well, no, it's not because previous teams did not do it with Aaron Rodgers. And now he's older. And now he's better than he, he was in the past few years. He's been impressive. Like, if Cliff Kingsbury was doing this, we'd be ready to build a statue for him, see, I feel like. I, see, that's why I like you. Thank see, you. That, that's why I jump on with guys sometimes, because yeah. I get sick of that disrespect. I'm about to jump on the Matt LaFleur thing and be like, nah, fuck all the, everybody else. I'm rooting for Matt LaFleur. I've had yeah. enough. Because it is. And I'm, I'm a part of it. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like, yeah, I didn't give him enough credit maybe last year. And certainly this year, I feel like until just about the last month, I probably haven't given him enough credit. But, like, tough situation. He's took over. They've done nothing but be great, really, ever since he's done it. He totally flies under the radar, does not make himself the center of attention, Obviously has a good way about him. Yeah. Knows how to communicate with his coaches, everything there. They've, they got, they've got better the last six, seven weeks. They're tougher. That's all coaching. It's where it's like it seems like Stefanski's going to win coach of the year. It like does. everybody's handing it to him. Yeah. But I, I really like as you just sit here and you think like you just the, the case you just stated. Right. Two years, 13 and three. And it's just like, whoa, like they got a good chance to go to the Super Bowl here. I just I, I, I think it's closer than we're all letting it be. Or at least I yeah. would make it closer if I had a vote. A younger guy that clearly has the attention of the defense. And it's like I mean, it was a weird situation with Jordan Love. I mean, that's an awkward situation for any You're coach. You're right. And he, let alone a young new coach in the league. Right. And they navigated that to one of the best years that Aaron Rodgers have ha- has had. Yes. Um, what about the defensive side of the ball here yeah. and what they were able to do? Because there have been times where you're like, they, they can't get it done right. here. They, and the Rams offense, not necessarily the most dynamic, but can give teams trouble just with what Sean McVay does. Do you give a lot of credit to Green Bay's defense in this game? I do, yeah. I, I mean, the defense, they're another team. You really, you know, another aspect of this team where you just look at towards the end of the year, I just physically more stout at the point of attack up front. You know, you just you think about the Tennessee Titans game in Week 16, but really a, a lot of these games through December, you know, their ability to win the line of scrimmage. Kenny Clark has been uh, phenomenal. You know, some of the other guys, Lancaster and Lowry, who I've bagged on before, they've been a lot better. They've been able to find Rashawn Gary a place in the lineup more and get like him, Preston Smith, and Zadarius Smith on the field, and he makes plays. Uh, it's just a more physical unit. I guess that's just the way I would say it. And they really have one of the most under, like, 
under talked about. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. But I'm going to go under with the it. radar. Okay, under the radar. I liked under the talk with it. <laughs> under talked about <laughs> DBs in all of football. We need, a gra- we need a graphic and animation. All right, time under now for talk- the under talked about DBs in football. It might be we good. Segment, but Jair Alexander, Jair Alexander yeah. is is. You know, Jalen Ramsey, Marlon Humphrey, 1-2 in the corner conversation. Jael Alexander is in that next group of guys who you want to – three, four, five, six. He's somewhere mm. in there, whoever you want to put. And he was hurt for a bit this year. He so was. That was a big loss. Well, he's shut down. He's island guy, and they had a good plan of attack of stopping the run game. Akers was good, but it didn't gash them, especially early. And let early on, they really did a good job of slowing it down and made it to where, hey, now the boot game wasn't effective and Goff had to throw the ball early and he was okay, but not going to beat you that way. And I give Goff credit. He hung in there with that broken thumb and, and made some nice throws during he the did. game. He did, yeah. Zadarius Smith had seven quarterback pressures. Rashawn Gary, a New Jersey guy, had seven quarterback pressures. See, that just that tells you. I mean, they, they kick They're butt up front right him. now. Right. They pressured him, Jared Goff, on 15 of the 31 dropbacks. That was the Rams' highest pressure rate allowed in a game under Sean McVay. So Ooh. they did something that no other team had done under a Sean McVay Green Bay gets team. you into that throwing situation, and then they get those three guys you just mentioned there, and they get them rushing. That's, that's where they're scary. I like the Rams. I like Sean McVay. Yeah. That's, a, that's a fun team, and I like a team that does it with defense, right, right? in this offensive era. It's like Definitely. you got Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, two of the most dynamic defensive players. Yep. Going forward for them, the question is going to be Jared Goff, of course. It seemed like um, Sean McVay liked the mobility, the squirreliness of a Walford when he was in there. I I mentioned before he kind of compared him to Doug Flutie, and he seemed to kind of like that. I do feel like McVay is in this. He's intrigued. It's not like I don't think he's given up. On on Jared Goff, I don't think he's like thinking like, yeah, we're definitely moving on. I just don't want to tell anyone yet. But he's certainly intrigued on how the offense could be different with a different quarterback. I, I think, think so. I think that's the right way to phrase it. I think that's, that's good by you. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, I still think there's belief in Jared Goff. But I think realistically they're going to sit back, go back this week, next week, and watch the year in review and do their reevaluation. They're going to go away and go, no, one of the detriments to our team was Jared Goff this year. You know, he did not have a great year. There's no other way to say it. So, yeah, they're – his comments this week leading up to the game and what he has said since the game has been over, you know, they tell you that there's some organizational questions right now with yeah. Jared Goff. They're not going to just sign, seal, deliver. He's our guy. He had many chances over the last two days to go when people were going, hey, what about Jared Goff next year? Is he he could have just said, no, no, that's our guy. Hey, we got competition on the team. Jared's our quarterback. We know that. Right. Blah blah blah. I mean, that's Lafleur. If he was asked that, Andy Reid, top that, that question would have been answered. He yeah. gave you a roundabout of, oh, we're going to compete and evaluate everything, which means they're not pleased with the position. And he hasn't done anything to just lock it down where they're just going to go. Here's a bed of roses. You're the quarterback for 2021. Yeah. You know, I think most likely he will be, but I think they're one going to evaluate the situation too I think they probably don't mind saying some of this publicly right now to kind of light a fire under Jared Goffler right to be a little bit like listen 
it's got to get better. Yeah, this why would you it. want him to go into the offseason thinking Feeling like, warm and like, cozy. Yeah, oh, they still like me. I, I did enough right. this year right. to earn their trust. That's and, right. I think they got to put a little fire under his ass here and see how he reacts and see where it goes here. And out of respect to John Walford, too. Because sure. you liked what you saw from him. Yep. You know? like, but uh, you're right. It wasn't like a foregone conclusion or else Walt, we would have seen him before, right? It was yes. like once Walford got in there, it was like, okay, we got – that's interesting. Yes. He's doing some things that – might help us. Didn't even um, want to name Jared Goff the starter, you know, in until the playoffs. They, right, he didn't, there, yeah. right. Even and then he the won goal. the game in Seattle, and last week he was still going. After that, I want to evaluate everything here. Let's so, see if our backups healthy first right, before ex- I announce the starter. Come on, this one. that <laughs> sounds very curious. Exactly yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, so this is going to be a good one. This is Packers, Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady. Because it's all about the quarterbacks. I feel like know. this is the Josh greatest Allen, Chris, Sims, Chris Sims weekend ever. <laughs> yes, it's going to be good. Yeah. I mean, this is and ever. you get to watch him from home. I get to watch him from home, and everybody will be like, hey, it's the three quarterbacks Chris Sims loves and the one guy he hates. Yeah, that's <laughs> a, I've already had some friends texting me that. Like, and I'm like, no, I don't hate Tom Brady. Stop. The but fact it is amazing. That, the fact that you've gotten so much of Chris hates Tom Brady, for you not saying that you believe Tom Brady is the most talented quarterback to ever play the position – is the craziest hate ever. No, uh, I will say this. He's the most consistently <laughs> most great quarterback right, yeah. ever. That's for sure. I've never seen anybody for this long be this consistently good. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, it really is. And, and his arm, since it's so great, it still puts pressure on defenses to where the Saints play too deep all night. Yeah. And the Bucks were patient and ran the ball and did the right thing. But, man, it's going to be awesome. Sunday this week, holy cow, really good. Aaron Rodgers versus Brady, my boy Blue versus my homie, holy <laughs> shit balls, Batman. Uh, let's bury the Rams before we tie a bow on this whole thing. We lay one more team to rest. I still have to lay a few other teams from before. They're sitting in their caskets right now. I feel bad. Like the Dolphins. They wait. We didn't do the autopsy yet, so we'll yeah, get that's there. That's true. The mysterious we'll death there. for the Dolphins. Right. Like, how did that happen? We'll that get there. Premature. The toe tag's on that's there. we got to get there. Here lie the Los Angeles Rams. A team with a new empty stadium that still outdrew the 2019 Los Angeles Chargers somehow. <laughs> they still had more people in this year than they did that year. <laughs> You're funny. Um, their, Super, uh, their Super Bowl run, they did not copy, playing without Darnold's chiseled body. Their season was wrecked. The last time I checked, it was because someone pooped in the porta potty. Remember that? <laughs> I At do. the beginning of the Hard year. Hard knocks, that's right. Hard knocks. Right. Sean McVay was disgusted. You don't go number two. You don't go number two. In the porta potties. I didn't know at the time, honestly, before I saw that clip. So you're an habitual number twoer in the porta potties? No, I try you're not to. Us? I'd, okay. I'd rather not. I hope you would try no not choice. to. But I'm saying, I was always, like, if you are doing that, that means you probably had no choice. Like, you don't, I no agree. One wants no one to, wants to sit on that thing. Correct. Agreed. So you I get like unidentified like, funguses growing on you in a hurry. <laughs> it's like not only did you have to do something you didn't want to do, right. now you're called out on national television. <laughs> Thank God we never found out who did it because I think that's oh, like way too embarrassing. It's crossing the line. That's crossing the line. Yeah, if we outed that's, the person. That's worse than HIPAA right there. Pro- yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's saying that someone had COVID is far less of an egregious thing than saying that someone pooped in a porta potty. <laughs> right. I agree with you there. Right. right. Well done. On like that it. note. <laughs> yes, on that note. <laughs> on that note, the Rams are in the shitter. Yeah. We're done. Though. Yeah, they're done. They're done. Yeah, I'm pumped. And you get to watch them from home. I do. Watch them home. Too. Awesome. It's good. Good pop. We hit it all. We hit it all. We hit. It was only four games. It was only four games. That would have been bad if we didn't. We got. Oh, we didn't get to that Packers game, but next time. <laughs> next time. <laughs> all right, everybody. You know, Wednesday, uh, deep dive. I'm going to look at these a little closer. Interesting angles. Probably break down these matchups, too. Of course, going to look back at Green Bay, Tampa Bay, their first matchup the first time around. That's what's going to be awesome. 
What can I take away from that? Same thing with the Chiefs and Bills. That'll be interesting too. That game was close. Don't forget. Yeah, the Chiefs won, but it was it was it was in the balance for most. So uh, I'm excited either way. Yo, you the man. Well done. Good to have you. Peace out. Everybody be safe out there. Check us out on Wednesday. Chris Sims on Button. What the Fuck Happened Podcast. Peace. See you. Peace out. Cop it up. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.